about this week that we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and the last thing we were talking about yesterday was the Holy Spirit's work in directing the church and empowering the church. And remember here, the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. And one of the main things the Holy Spirit is to do is to direct the missionary enterprise of the church. It's his job to see that the Great Commission, that we go and make disciples of all the nations, is carried out. Great Commission manual for the church is the book of Acts. And some people have said that it should have been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit instead of the Acts of the Apostles because that's really what it was. The name of the Holy Spirit is almost on every page of the book of Acts. He empowers them to witness. And that's a key word in this whole thing about the church, a witness. The word is martyra in the Greek, from which we get our word martyr. It refers to one who is so totally yielded, involved, in being used by God that he's ready to die as a martyr if necessary. The definition of the word is one who furnishes evidence. In the purest biblical sense, a witness is one who has within him the Lord himself, the presence of God, and who constantly furnishes evidence that within there is more than self, and that witness takes place when any Christian in any situation communicates that the Lord Jesus. And we're, we're called to be missionaries, the Bible says. Every one of us, not just those who are sent out to foreign countries, but all of us are to be missionaries. All of us are to share Christ with other people. All of us are to be that witness. And a witness simply tells what he has seen or heard. You see, in a case before a jury, a murder case, for example, they have a witness and they say, now what did somebody tell you about this? They don't care what somebody told them about this. The, the, the person who is questioning that person is not concerned about what they're thinking about it or what they've heard about it or what they've read in the newspaper about it. He says, what did you see and what did you hear and what did you experience? And that's the only thing that makes a witness. A witness can only tell what he's experienced. And therefore, we can only be a witness if we have a certain, definite, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, as a witness, he wants us to be a missionary. And as a missionary, he wants us to carry out the cause of Christ wherever we go. So that helps us, helps us to understand something about what it means to let the Lord have his way in the church. But I'll close out by beginning to talk with you a little bit about the individual Christian. Now, in, in the book of Ephesians, Paul has given us some real guidance to help us along that line. And he says in chapter 5, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Do not do, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, in in that verse, or verses rather, God tells us what the personal relationship of the Holy Spirit is, not just to the church, but to us as an individual. If you've been a Christian very long, there's something you've probably figured out. 
And that is you don't have what it takes to live the Christian life. If you tried to really obey the commandments and fulfill the, the directions of Scripture for your life, you tried to do what God says, and you tried to be the person that God wants you to be, you found out you couldn't do it. It's impossible. And that's why the Holy Spirit has come to live in us so he can control us and fill us and empower us from the inside out. And the Christian life then is a supernatural life and demands a supernatural person. And that person is the Holy Spirit that has come to reside in each of us. So let's look at some of the reasons why we need to be filled with the Spirit. The first one is obvious, simple obedience. If we're going to believe God, God says and obey him, it says be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That's an imperative. That's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a request. It's a command. The Christian who's not filled with the Spirit is living in rebellion. His disobedience to God is not a weakness, but a wickedness. We're never commanded to be indwelt by the Spirit. That happens when we come to know Christ. He comes to live in us. We're never commanded to be baptized in the Spirit. That happened when we were baptized in the body of Christ at the time we were saved. We're never commanded to be sealed with the Spirit. We were sealed with the Spirit when we trusted Christ. Your possession of the Spirit, all of that is settled. But what Paul says, I do command that you be filled. Keep being filled. Keep being controlled. And when we sin, we have to confess it and ask the Spirit to fill us afresh with his power. It simply means we're asking him to be in control. Don't let the word filled bother you or help you misunderstand what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about simply the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how he makes a difference. Every Christian falls short of God's standard and sometimes we'll sin and we have to confess that sin and ask God to fill us fresh, control us from again from the inside out. So basically Paul has said none of us is to get drunk with wine, but all of us is to be spirit-filled. And it's interesting that he uses this term because when somebody is drunk with wine, they're controlled by wine. What they say is controlled by wine. How they act is controlled by wine. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, what we say, what we do, how we act is controlled by the Holy Spirit. So it's important for us to do that. Now, there's a second reason why to be filled with the Spirit, and that is that we have responsibilities and obligations. You see, Christians have tremendous responsibilities that they must fulfill, and some of those are mentioned here. The obligation of our worship life, we're to speak and sing in hymns and, and songs and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Our worship life is to be alive with joy and vitality. And that can only be true privately and publicly by the power of the Holy Spirit. Many people would have to confess that they don't, that, that kind of worship for them is kind of tedious and not very exciting. But that's important that we recognize that also our our marriage life wives and husbands are to love each other like christ loved the church we can't do that ourselves. we can't do that in our own strength we have to be filled with the holy spirit to do that and in our work life to act like we should as servants of christ out in this kind of a world there's no way that we can do that without christ and also as we wrestle against the devil and not against flesh and blood that we have to be filled with the spirit there's a one other reason why we need to be filled, and that's the opportunities that we've had. We've talked about that already, but we have great opportunities, and the Bible says that we shouldn't waste our time, but we should be filled with the Spirit. We're going to talk more about that next time, so I hope you'll be with me. God bless you. Have a great day.